Off of their first 10-win season since 2006, Oregon State's schedule for 2023 shapes up pretty darn well for the Beavs. Let's go. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked on Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch this show as we push closer by the day towards 2,000 subs on YouTube. I appreciate you all very much. I also appreciate FanDuel, who bring you this very episode, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And we are going through some more schedules. I can't wait for September 2023 already. I know my man Carter Baines can't either, senior writer and editor at BeaverBlitz.com. And we have to address something of the utmost importance, Carter, that uh, a listener wants to know. If we squared off in a game of horse, do you feel confident in your ability to take me down? Because let me tell you, I'm putting 10 bucks on my own side, Pete Rose style. We already talked trash over text uh, <laughs> earlier in the week. No, I, I frankly, I don't think you stand much of a chance. Uh, mm. It's 40% mm. three-point shooter the last time I played competitively. Mm. Uh, you get me beyond that three-point range, and uh, I don't know, it, it could be over for you. Uh, you. You might be relying on a little bit mm. of trickery, you know, calling banks or, or, mm. or you got to hit mm-hmm. this one grannies, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, uh-huh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. I think that's yeah, where we're at. There. Yeah, 40% from beyond the arc. Is this that like the same way that Trump declared himself winner of his club championship despite not playing around? Is that the same sort of statistical metric? Anyway, let's get into Oregon State's <laughs> schedule here. And just like in 2022, they start with a couple of Mountain West opponents. Not quite the caliber that you had in 2022. Their first three games at San Jose State, UC Davis at home, and then San Diego State, the first and third games there coming against uh, Mountain West teams. It's a step down a bit from the competitive level or at least program pedigree from uh, the, the two teams they played in 2022 in Boise and Fresno State, who squared off in the Mountain West Championship game. San Diego State has beaten Pac-12 teams before, though, but I think that's okay for Oregon State here, Carter, because they should be a program that starts in the top 20. Yeah, it's it's perfectly fine. And I think Oregon State fans uh, over the last couple of years have, have appreciated the fact that the Beavers are scheduling more and more Mountain West teams and not taking those trips to Columbus and Ann Arbor, uh, the, the quote-unquote body bag games that they used to schedule uh, pretty often. Um, so seeing a San Jose, San Jose State and San Diego State on the schedule, uh, even more welcome than the Boise States and Fresno States last year, even though those proved to be big wins. And I think helped Oregon State kind of launch themselves into the, the top 20 there in the back half of the season, pointing to those as quality wins. Um, beating San Jose State and San Diego State, I mean, those are still uh, very respectable Mountain West teams who I think are going to be in that top half of the conference again. It's a good conference. Uh, they would be good wins if the Beavers can get them. Um, but yeah, obviously not quite the caliber of, of the ones that they played in 2022. Yeah, and I think that 3-0 and is a pretty realistic expectation there. San Diego State's the most likely to trip them up, to be sure. But 
you also have that game at Reister Stadium where Oregon State, correct me if I'm wrong, has lost just once in the last two college football seasons, 2022 and then 2021. But much like last year as well, Carter, the conference slate begins for Oregon State and and there are no quote-unquote cupcake conference games there in the early portion of the schedule. In 2022, they had USC early, they had Utah early, and then that's, I think, how they kind of flew under the radar to end up going 6-3 and in league play, 9-3 and overalls. They had those two early losses, and then it was, you know, oh, they're 0-2, they got a big hole to clip, but then they did climb out of it. And Oregon State, with those first three games, they're going to have to start playing some good football, incorporating DJU, because their first conference game, one of the better ones in the league in in that week four, the first full slate of Pac-12 games, they go at Washington State. That's Everybody in the conference knows by now it's a tough place to win. Yeah, last year's conference schedule was pretty front-heavy. Oregon State playing USC and Utah back-to-back weeks. Uh, this year, you see it kind of on the back end with ending with against Washington and at Oregon. Um, but that first, those first four games in conference play before their bye week, I think are going to be pretty telling of where this program is going to be at the rest of the way. Because you get tests like Utah and UCLA, you mentioned they're at home, so that helps you out. Um, but winning at Washington State would be, you know, that would prove that you have the ability to go on the road and, and win games this year. That was kind of a, a little bit of a bugaboo last year was, you know, playing down to opponents on the road. So uh, it is a tougher test as far as road games go. I think it's Oregon State's toughest road game of the season uh, that's not named Oregon. So, um, you know, they'll be tested early with a road game and then they get Utah at home. So those are two, you know, they're not easy games. Um, but I do have Oregon State winning three of the first four conference games, uh, entering the bye week potentially at six and one. I think the Beavers would be happy with that. Yeah, I, I think the the tough games are definitely the bread of the sandwich for their conference schedule, Washington State and Utah. But then you go down the list and you say, Beavs are probably going to be a favorite in in a lot of those games. And then you end with with Washington at home and Oregon on the road, which is a pretty brutal way to end conference play and will add to the importance of picking up those early season wins. And I, I want to go back to that Washington State game for, for just a moment. I, I feel like though San Diego State and San Jose State are fairly worthy, worthy adversaries for an Oregon State team that is trying to do something in 2023 they've never done before, compile back-to-back 10-plus win seasons. I think we will learn the most about Oregon State in that game at Washington State because you mentioned you know they, they've had their struggles on the road before, but as a program, and really since Jonathan Smith has been there, few places has that been more accurate than Pullman. 100%. I mean, Oregon State had gone uh, close to a decade without beating the Cougs until last year, but then they won that game at Reeser. So uh, they still have, you know, it feels like Jonathan Smith has, has snapped all of these lengthy losing streaks at Oregon State. The one that he still kind of has to get over is losing in Pullman. Uh, the Beavers generally play Washington State pretty close on the road. Uh, they've lost a couple of heartbreakers over the last few years. If this is the year that they get over the hump, I, I think you feel pretty confident about the Beavers' ability to win uh, just about all of their road games then. Um, of course, again, the one at the end of the season at Autzen is is going to be the toughest test of them all. Um, but if you open Pac-12 play with a tough road win, I think you're gonna you're gonna have quite a bit of momentum going into that game against Utah, which 
could be a battle of two top 15 programs. I, I would imagine both will probably be four and oh, um, wait and see, but, but that next one there on September 29th, a, a Friday night game in Corvallis could be pretty huge. Yeah, it, it could. And Utah, if they're having a, another great season with the way their schedule is front loaded, going to that Oregon state game, they could be top 10. Easy. Yeah. I mean, if they haven't lost by then, they certainly will be top 10 because they've got Florida and Baylor. There are challenges at the start, challenges at the end of the schedule for Oregon State, but there's one overarching theme here that is a redeeming thing if you're an Oregon State fan. And that's not that you can go check out FanDuel Sportsbook, which is our new sports betting partner here at Locked On, but it is something that you'll want to stick around for. But we're excited to have them partnering with us here at Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and Easy. New customers join today. Get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. I like the favorites this week in the conference championship game. I don't know about you, Carter, but I think the Bengals get it done again. And I really like the Eagles uh, take them with the two and a half. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Place your first $5 bet. Get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. There's no such thing as an easy Pac-12 schedule, Carter. I don't think there's even such thing as an easy Pac-12 game. You know, Stanford, whose schedule we're going to break down later in the show, I think they could struggle in 2023. I think Cal could struggle a little, but they added Sam Jackson from TCU. Who knows what he'll be able to bring to the, the quarterback position there. But the thing that Oregon State fans have to be optimistic about is when you look at the road games in conference, it, it's – it's really not that bad because, yes, in the swing they have to go through in terms of playing teams from the former Pac-12 South, you have to hit Utah and UCLA. That, that, that's, that's tough. You miss USC, which is good, but the road games here are Washington State, tough. Oregon, last week of the year, you will have worked out every kink on the team with DJU and everybody else and any other newcomers are working into the fold though Watson's a difficult place to win. But there are three road games in the middle of those two. Cal, Arizona, Colorado. I mean, it could be a lot worse. And I think the weakness of the Oregon State program over the last several years has been playing away from Reeser. And you look at the schedule and think, man, kind of seems like eight wins is the floor here with a road schedule that is just not too terrible. I was just about to say, I, I think the fact that you play your toughest games at home and your quote unquote easier ones on the road is the fact that we can talk about this season as being at least eight or nine wins for Oregon State. I mean, I think that is the bottom of uh, the realm of possibility. I, I think anything below eight would be a, a sheer disappointment. Um, 100% agree. But, but I feel like nine wins is even more realistic than eight, to be completely honest, when I look at the schedule, you know, for as many struggles as Oregon State has had playing on the road over the last handful of years, the Beavers 
didn't really lose any surprising games last year. I mean, they only lost to ranked opponents or teams that finished in the rankings. Um, they had that scare at Stanford, but ended up winning it. Um, you know, you look at the at Arizona, at Colorado, at Cal, like, you know, they're, they're going to be decent teams. Arizona plays hard, probably be right in the middle of the pack. Colorado is going to be better. Cal is, you know, it, it is what it is. I don't think there's anything about those games that particularly scares me, given the way Oregon State played against teams of that caliber last year. That That's kind of how I feel as well. Of those three, I could make the argument for either Arizona or Colorado. I still trust Arizona at this point in time more. Might feel differently by the time the season gets underway. I mean, Colorado opens with TCU. If they take the Horn Frogs off a national championship appearance down to the wire, and then they beat Nebraska at home, then we'll look at them and say, okay, maybe that is from one win to six or seven or maybe even eight wins in, in 2023, depending on how they can incorporate all those new pieces and whatnot. But I, I think that Arizona game, you know, if they win some games, those fans will show up in Tucson. I like Jaden Delora. I like Jed Fish. They're going like this. They lost Dorian Singer, which hurts, but still I think they have good offensive weapons. And if their defense can just improve, I, I could see that being a 7-8 win team in, in 2023. It doesn't mean they will be, but I mean, I think that's kind of their, their ceiling. And anytime you talk in conference about going on the road to a 7-8 or eight win program, that, that's, that's a difficult thing to do. The, the thing that I noticed on this schedule, Carter, and I point this out with every schedule we're breaking down here on the show, and as always, if you've ever got questions or anything you want me to address or talk about, just let me know. The bye comes before those two road games against Arizona and Colorado. I think in theory, you'd maybe like to have that bye before one of Utah, UCLA, or Washington, but then you counter that with the fact that all those games come at home. That's, I, I think, a, a little bit of give and take on the part of the conference in terms of setting up the Beavers' schedule. Yeah, I actually don't mind it. I, I think, you know, you're going to have a couple of tough test physical games playing Utah, UCLA. I mean, Cal's going to make it physical. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you look at this by being seven weeks in, and, and it might be a little bit on the early side, but I think the opponents that you're playing before – like if if you're going to get beat up and if you're going to have injuries on your team, it's probably going to be after playing a Utah, playing at a Cal. Um, so I don't mind it there. I think having it before two road games too gives you a chance to regroup. Um, you know, if you have any deficiencies that you need to work out over the span of a week, you can do it there before a couple of games that could be kind of trappy. You know, at Arizona, like I think having an extra week of preparation just to dial in before going on the road for two straight weeks, I, I think that's helpful. Um, and to be completely honest, like I don't think Stanford's going to be very good at all this year. They kind of get a bit of a, you know, a, I don't want to call any game a break, but, you know, playing Stanford nine games or 10 games in before your final two game stretch against Washington and Oregon, like, I think that serves as somewhat of a bye week in itself. So um, I, I don't mind it being here. I, I think it's timed pretty nicely. Um, looking at some of the other schedules, I mean, Oregon's is is really early. So, I, you know, it, it could always be worse. Um, but I, th I think it's in a decent spot. When you look at the toughest games 
in in conference, right? Because I, I don't expect them to have a problem with either San Jose State or San Diego State, mostly because the Aztecs are at home. If it was on the road, I'd feel a little differently because they're always solid. But I think they'll be able to go three zero there pretty easily. But when you look at their conference games, the the ones that you highlight at Washington State and Utah, UCLA, and then Washington and, and Oregon as well. Which of those games? would you rank as the hardest for the beeves at Oregon for sure? I mean, it, you know, the, the five best teams that you're playing or sorry, the, the four best teams you're playing being Oregon, Washington, UCLA, and Utah, you only play one of them on the road. And I think Oregon's probably going to be the best of all of those anyway. Um, so I think that's, that's pretty clearly the toughest. Um, so for, for me, it comes down to, really, which is the toughest of the three home games you're playing. I, I think it's Washington just because it is right before Oregon. Um, you know, you're probably going to have some injuries by then. Washington, I think if it lives up to its potential, is going to be a, a 10-11 win team again. That, that's a brutal two-game stretch there. So I, I, would I, I would pick Oregon as the toughest and Washington as the second toughest. And it just so happens to be those are the final two games of the season. Yeah, and when you look at those games, Oregon, Washington, UCLA, Utah, and I'll throw Washington State in there as well. I think those are your five toughest games of the year, non-conference included. If Oregon State's going to have another successful season, you got to have at least two of those. At least two, which would require you to then win every other game to get back to nine wins again. But if they're going to go 10 and two and have a better regular season, obviously they'd have to win three. But when you look at those five games, based on how you, how you feel about Oregon state right now and all these opponents, could you see them going four and one in that stretch? It's, it's tough. It's tough. I I think it's three and two or four and one. Um, I, I don't think they win all five, but I don't think they lose three of them. You know, um, I, if, if I was penciling in wins and losses right now, I'd, I'd pick at Oregon as a loss because, I mean, that's just – it's a brutal game. That, that is a brutal place to play against a really, really good team. Um, and so then it's, you know, what do you do against Washington, Utah, UCLA, and Washington State? I'm confident that they can go up to Pullman and win that game. Um, and then I think that they win probably two of those tough home games. And a lot of this, again, is just based off of how they performed last year, home versus road, against some of these common opponents. But then also the fact that I just generally predict Oregon State's going to be a better team. I think it's going to be more well-rounded. It obviously has a better quarterback. I don't think the defense is going to take much of a step back, if any at all. Um, So I I think when you combine all of that with what appears to be, on paper at least, an easier schedule, I think a a 10-2 and season is possible. I'd probably go on the record predicting 9-3 and before I predicted 10-2. and Um, but I think that's kind of the the range that I'm looking at for Oregon State right now is the nine to ten win range, um, and Oregon State would take that ten times out of ten. Yeah, more well rounded. Kind of reminds me of my horse capabilities compared to yours. Um... Wow! <laughs> <laughs> right out of love. How, how can one the... be well rounded and horse exactly? One You're going to try we'll, to beat me with day, layups. One day we'll have to get together, and you shall find out. Uh, let's, let's get to Stanford's schedule, which I, I view in a different light for the Beavs for, for this reason, Carter. I am with you that I think this will be a rough year for Stanford because they just went three and nine. Now they've got a new head coach who won a lot at Sacramento state, but power five football 
everything's really different. At Sac State, Troy Taylor was running a two-quarterback system. I don't know that you can really do that, or if they're planning to do that at Stanford, my guess would be they, they probably don't. But I'm not looking through the schedule, combing through to try and find the losses. I, I'm combing through trying to find the wins. And I, I do think they'll open with one against Hawaii, who's been a pretty rough Mountain West team. They do have to go to Hawaii, which frankly sounds like fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> starting this season with a road game in Hawaii. When you say they have to go to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. 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 They gotta, they gotta go to the Hawaiian islands. Oh gosh, darn. Um, but then they go at USC as usual in, in that road game. And then <laughs> perhaps their most interesting game of the year is week three against none other than Sacramento state. They didn't plan it. It just worked out that way that Stanford just hired Troy Taylor away from that that very place. I think this is a situation where the Cardinal are in a good spot to begin 2-1. and one. And then fortunately for them, they've got two home games to begin conference play. But I feel like it's going to be a, a, a very, not up and down, but like a solid amount of up for the Cardinal and then I think the drop-off is going to start once once that Oregon game happens. So similar to Oregon State, I, I kind of like the home road split here as far as, you know, playing your tough games at home and, and yeah, playing your more bad. winnable games on the road. Um, getting Arizona, Oregon, UCLA, Washington, Notre Dame. I mean, all of those games are at home. I, I don't know how much the home field advantage you know, we can really factor into that for Stanford. I, I think the lack of a home field advantage actually played to their favor against Oregon State last year. Um, but getting those games at home is nice. Playing at Hawaii, uh, playing at Colorado, you know, I, I think those are, you know, you get your more winnable games um, on the road, which, you know, for a team that's trying to, you know, for a team that's going to be on the lower end, maybe you want your more min- more winnable games at home to kind of like, you know, dial those in. Um, Cause I think for Stanford, it, it lowers the floor, but it also raises the ceiling a little bit. And unfortunately, when we're talking about Cardinal floor and ceiling, we're talking somewhere in the realm of, you know, probably two to four wins. Um, but I, I, I do agree with you that first, that first three, you know, three week stretch, you could be looking at Stanford at two and one, but unfortunately, from that point on, I just don't see many more wins. I mean, I, I think this is probably a three-win team at best. I, I think it could be like Cal from 2022, who also started the – I think they were 3-1, and one, actually, because their first conference game was also against Arizona, and they got the win. And then after that, things started to go downhill. I, I could really see that happening, though I think Arizona is a better team than, uh, than Stanford. And, and the issue with the Cardinal is they need a – complete and total rebuild they need to change their philosophy they need to upgrade their personnel they need better schematics like it's a top to bottom rebuild but you're now doing that at a place that is compared to its peers even compared to cal at a competitive disadvantage for adding talent yeah they can still recruit at a solid level but the recruiting rankings not great this year in a coaching change that's kind of to be expected okay well, maybe they can just go grab a few starters from the portal. No, it's Stanford. They've added one player from the portal. So they're going to be playing with a lot of the same players 
who either didn't see the field a lot last year or who did see the field a lot in 2022. But that's a team that struggled to move the ball, that struggled to stop anybody. I mean, there were not really a lot of things that they did well, and they'll be incorporating a new quarterback. It's it's hard to find. Like, I don't think there's a single game on this schedule except for probably Sacramento State that you can look at and go, yep, that's definitely a win. I, I, I really don't think there's another one. I think they would beat Hawaii. I, I I don't know because Stanford was just – I didn't even think they were as good as their 3-9 and nine record indicated this year. They caught Notre Dame at a bad time, and they won a game without scoring a touchdown against a dreadful Arizona State team. Like, those were two of their wins. Yeah, and, and that's why I think the floor is so low for this team. It's because there are so few, quote-unquote, guaranteed wins. Um, I mean, Colorado, like, they're playing them on the road. Arizona's going to be better, I, I think – you know, missing ASU hurts them. Um, but also the fact that, you know, you've got the Notre Dame factor. Like you see this with USC's schedule every year too. It's going to look a little weird because you have to schedule that game. Stanford's bye week comes five weeks in, you know, like that's, that is not at all uh, when you want to have your bye. You end the season against Notre Dame. Those two rivalry games are both at home, which I guess is is kind of advantageous. But that helps. Um, Anytime you have to put Notre Dame on that schedule, you know, it limits the amount of wins you can rack up in non-conference because Notre Dame more often than not is going to be pretty good. Um, And I think overall, it just kind of throws your schedule out of whack. And I think you see that a little bit here with the fact that, you know, you probably only have one or two winnable non-conference games and then you've got a bye week five weeks in. You're probably going to be on the the very, very bottom end of the Pac-12 anyways. So again, I just I struggle to see where the wins are coming. I think with Stanford, there's an unknown element of what Troy Taylor will be able to change right away, how much of it really was in terms of their struggles, just schematical disadvantage and David Shaw just needed to, you know, move on. And that's certainly what happened. And it, of course, ended in a classy way because it's David Shaw. What else was going to happen and and such? But I, I feel like with Stanford, they they were certainly not – schematically and play calling wise where they needed to be. I was never a fan of the long mesh. I'm still not a fan of it. I hope they ditched that forever. Cause it's just, it, it, it didn't work. It was an experiment. They tried it did not really work. And I wonder if maybe they, they were just missing that sort of stuff because they were so committed to that philosophy. Like, could, could it be a four or five win team? I, I could potentially see it. The recruiting classes for the last couple of years, most of whom are still on campus, are not horrendously rated. So it's not like they're, you know, like I think they have more talent, for instance, right now than 2022 Colorado. That's not saying a lot, but I, I, I look at their team and say three like when you go through and just try to find the the games where you feel like they'd have a chance, Hawaii, Sacramento State, I think you have a chance against Arizona. I think you have a chance against Colorado, but right now I'd probably take the Buffs playing in Boulder. Cal and Notre Dame, both Notre Dame, the rivalry factor, Cal, again, the right, that's like four or five games where I could reasonably see Stanford winning. Maybe they pull an upset to me that that just looks like a recipe for three to four wins. Totally. I, you know, I, I think going back to the scheme element, like the slow mesh is just not a good offense. 
I mean, Wake Forest runs it. Wake Forest was supposed to be a pretty good team last year, and they did not live up to expectations. They had a ton of talent. They just, frankly, were not as good as people thought they would. What, Sam Hartman the left. Match. Sam Hartman it, left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he 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 wanted to get the heck out of there because I mean their offense was just not was what it was supposed to be. I I think Stanford, even if it takes a step back talent wise, like I, I think they're going to move the ball better. Troy Taylor's a good offensive coach. They're not going to be running that pitiful offense that they ran last year. I don't think the the issue is necessarily David Shaw related. I think he was just trying to figure out like. What am I supposed to do, man? Like, I can't recruit the guys I want. I, I can't go to the transfer portal and find help. Like, we've got to try something out of the box a little bit. Um, I think there was probably just, frankly, a bit of a frustration factor there. And I, I think that's that is probably also part of why he left, not just the fact that the success on the field had been going uh, in a negative direction. So I'm curious to see what Troy Taylor can do. I, I know he's gotten some assurances um, that he's going to be able to use the portal a little bit. I mean, similar to Dion at Colorado, you know, was given certain assurances that it's going to be easier to get talent in. Uh, I mean, talk is cheap. We'll see how much of that actually comes to fruition. But um, now, if Stanford doesn't make those changes that it needs to do, I mean, we're going to be talking about the Cardinal in this same vein every year being a two to four win team, probably. I, I think they can get back to where at least closer to where they were in, in the early 2010s. And just for those uh, listening or watching, frankly, you haven't looked it up, their schedule at Hawaii, at USC, Sac State at home. Then they have Arizona and Oregon to open conference play. I could maybe see them beating Arizona. Probably not Oregon. Probably, but Oregon's also had funky things happen on the road there before. Then they go at Colorado, UCLA and Washington at home. Great to get those games at home, but I just look at the offensive firepower that any Chip Kelly team is going to bring and what Washington brings back. And I'm just like, I just don't think the Cardinal can can score enough points or get enough stops and unless Troy Taylor is a genius. Uh, and, and maybe and maybe he Which is. could be. You, you, you never know. I mean, you, you, you never know. Maybe it, they really have been just one coach away. Then at Washington State, tough place to win. At Oregon State, tough place to win. Cal and Notre Dame at home. I, I think the redeeming quality for this schedule is that they start at home often after those two road games against Hawaii and USC. And then they end at home as well with a couple rivalry games in Cal and Notre Dame. And I think if you're Troy Taylor, honestly, you're shooting for four wins and beat either Cal or Notre Dame. You, you win a rivalry game, increase your win total from the year before. And I think you could look back and say successful year one. Yeah. Successful year for me for Stanford looks like going two and one uh, to start the year, winning your two non-conference games, um, actually, I think a successful year looks like a, a three and one start going at Hawaii winning, losing at USC and probably getting blown out, but then beating Sac State surprising, you know, getting your surprise win in air quotes against Arizona. Um, I, I think those first four games give you some winnable opportunities. And then, like you said, beating one of Cal and Notre Dame. And I think more likely than not, it's Cal. So that's the yeah. path to four wins. I think more likely you're looking at two to three. Um, getting Hawaii, Sac State seems reasonable. Um, but, I mean, it's not going to be easy to beat Arizona no. and Cal. Those are home games, but they're, you know, like they're, they're against, decent teams. Yeah, Yeah, like Cal is, I don't think, going to be that good this year. But they're never dreadful. They, they, right. like, they just they haven't been for a long time. I don't think they will be this year. And after that Arizona game, it just get I mean Oregon, Colorado, UCLA, Washington, Washington State, Oregon State. Brutal. Like where like where's the 
there's there's just no real easy game in there when you got Colorado on the road. It's always an easy time though with my man, with my man Carter Baines of BeaverBlitz.com, senior writer and editor over there, and notably mediocre horse player, which one day we'll uh, we'll have to prove in in person. Carter, appreciate the time. Well, I'm I'm glad you're gonna let me get the last word here. It's it's always an easy time, except for when you're on the basketball court, uh, as you will soon find out. So, oh, come back over to Oregon. We'll we'll settle these things so that the people don't have to listen to us uh, uh, banter out, back and forth about shout it. Shout out to the listener on YouTube who posed that particular question. Hope we answered it to your satisfaction. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time, and as always, have a wonderful rest of your day.